Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story. With your friend and host... Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Our opening track this week was Greener Grass by the U.S. band Rausch. That's R-A-U-S-C-H. It comes from their 2018 release called Book 2, and that's Roman numeral 2. So welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. I am Big Tony, your host, and this week I'm doing a feature on the band Rausch. A few weeks ago, I spoke to the band's namesake frontman, keyboardist, and composer, Doug Rausch, and a little later we will hear some of that interview. Doug will be filling us in quite a bit on his history a little later, and I will be playing plenty of great Rausch music from their two albums. Rausch is very much Doug's baby, but the most recent album, Book Two, features an array of great musicians, including Gary Warekamp and Brent Allman, both of Shadow Gallery, Mark Zonder of Fate's Warning, Ryo Akumoto of Spock's Beard, Ryan Vallada, and Steve Laro. Before we get into some of my chat with Doug, let's check out some more great Rausch music. This next song comes from the first self-titled Rausch album in 2009. It's called Bipolar.
times before I'm up and I'm down Hanging around Till the right one walks through my door Again, that was Bipolar from the first self-titled Roush album in 2009. Now let's catch another from this year's album called Book Two. This is Drain.
Take a look outside It's a day It's all the unknown It's all up to us Release us from the worry and the fuss
is no room for philosophy in a world that's pressed for time to be. Simplify the means, don't be complicated. Get a couple of breaths or further frustrated. by Rausch from the Book 2 album released early in 2018. Now let's hear some of my chat with main man, Doug Rausch. So yeah, one of the things that obviously draws me to your music is the piano playing. I love great piano playing. So Thank you. Uh, you, yeah, you, you've got some chops there. You want to talk a little bit about your background? I, I read somewhere that you, you started playing at a very young age. 
So I'm sort of the the anti pianist. I have the opposite story that every other Billy Joel type in the world has. Good. I was I begin yeah, <laughs> It'll yeah. Be interesting. Well, <laughs> I have nothing in common with anybody. I began piano at age of eight, which is laughably, but it's a little little late on the late side, you know, for like the serious pianist of the world. I started at eight, not five, and I hated it. So my hatred for piano occupied another roughly three to four years until I was officially bit with the music bug and lightning struck and, you know, my meaning of life was to do music. You know, it all came crashing down to me in a very big way at age, I'm going to say 12 and a half, okay. <laughs> right in there. So what was the um, epiphany? What, what, what got you? Um, well, if you've seen, so there's a documentary that we recently put out with a, a who's who of my cast of characters, everyone that's involved in the Roush world, which, which kind of, that. kind of nicely sums it up and, and very neatly, which, which is basically the crux of it. If you get a chance to check it out, it's, it's up on YouTube now. Prog Magazine premiered it actually. Oh, cool. The basic, the basic gist of it is to say that the moment that cognitive kind of realization in me of like, you know, wait a minute, I could... I could take that, you know, pointing to what I was hearing on the radio or, you know, when I heard, you know, something that I really liked recording wise and I could play it here. That, 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 that concept that I could actually, that I could actually have, you know, run through me what I was hearing. It's a similar story to what you hear a lot of guitarists say. It's a more, it's a more common, like, guitarist response you know oh i heard this stuff playing on the radio and i could emulate Jimi hendrix it's which is kind of a boring answer but to, to a pianist it's kind of an unusual answer because you know most piano players even in the rock world you know well with exceptions but we're classically trained folk and then we veer off you know like from billy joel to jordan rudess you know and then we we got a little mischievous in the middle of the night and we started getting into, you know, the rock stuff and, you know, then became interested in electronic explorations and Jordan's case and then branched out from there. I was kind of the opposite. I was kind of, I was kind of drawn to, you know, I mean, it's, I make no secret, you know, the, the, the huge influences you hear throughout the Roush music, you know, I'm like the great, great, you know, grandsons of Queen and Pink Floyd and these guys, you know, the yeah. fact that I could take, take this kind of music, you know, which isn't, this has been the controversial thing. It took me nine years to get accepted into Prague archives for that very reason. I'm not, I'm not the traditional Prague guy. In fact, the word Prague was not even known to me for okay. a very, very long time. And it was only the fact that, you know, one plus one plus one start adding up and the fact that all of the the music that sort of found its way through me in an original sense creatively i guess you could say started to be suspiciously like a lot of music that that you know had that p word attached to it but yeah. i wasn't the initial yes genesis emerson lake and palmer you know like the the more you know suspicious cast of characters i wasn't i wasn't i mean of course then and you know in the end you go back and get into everything but i was really really just queen pink floyd guns and roses you know I, which is still the wrong generation for me i was never into the music that i was supposed to like um as was in, I, really. I mean, yeah, and look what I'm doing now. But I, but I guess I fall more into that. But it was actually a few years before my time, actually, a lot of the classic stuff. I, yeah, uh, so you can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My so tastes no were always home. older than I was, I guess is what I want to say. You yeah, know? yeah. No, of course, of course. This has been my bane of existence. So, so I really had no home and, so to speak, musical home. And um, the fact that, you know, I got into, I was able to, I mean, I, I was able to kind of, 
it just kind of dawned on me that I could very, you know, I have very few talents in life outside of this, but I will go ahead and grab this as my one thing. I mean, I could kind of in two seconds, I guess, you know, grab something that I heard on the radio or whatever and, and just sort of almost, almost instantaneously just kind of, you know, you know, kick it in on the piano without without even really having to think about it so that was kind of my one kind of really you know give dog one thing quick, huh? <laughs> i'm not good at sports i'm not good at whatever yeah i mean um you know i was i was a little kid you know almost in the era i remember like when aerosmith's get a grip again talk about wrong generation i'm not a toys in the attic you know i was that second generation yeah. all that controversy and i remember all those singles came out one after the other on the aerosmith get a grip album that was like the first memory i have where like every time you know living on the edge came out you know crying came out every <laughs> there were like five singles on that album every single single that came out i just remember like sitting down in the band room after 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 class in elementary school and just like, oh, okay, I can play this. I can pop it out. And everyone kind of looked at me like, whoa. And I'm like, what? What's whoa? What's, oh, well, you can do, oh, yeah. So that's what I was saying, <laughs> the cognitive realization that I could just sort of pop these songs out, it sort of made me realize, oh, I actually, you know, I went from like, oh, I can do this. Oh, wait, I really like this. Oh, wait, I love this. Wait a minute. This is why I'm on this earth. It was well, that's <laughs> kind cool, of a, yeah. a, a real yeah. quick, yeah, yeah, well, it truly was. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, in short order, I began to also just realize that, you know, I was the conduit, you know, like if you ever get a chance, I never have to talk to Tom Waits, you know, but I read interviews from him and it's the same kind of vibe, you know, it's like songs, you don't write songs, they write you and you're woken up at two in the morning when the songs decide that it's time for them to come out of you. And we're just sort of the, we're at the mercy of the music that comes through us. So not to sound all, you know, totally frou-frou and woo-woo and <laughs> nutso, but I mean, it, it really is the truth. So I'm not going to dodge, you know, what I can firmly stand behind and say is the truth. So I've experienced that. I've, to, I've actually experienced that. I mean, I, I do a yeah. little bit of this on the side. I think most of us, uh, prog rock DJs are frustrated musicians, you know, uh, but uh, <laughs> never that good, you know, to actually do it. But we all know, seem man. to we have been guys. bass players or whatever, you know. But, That's uh, what I yeah. always say. Without you guys, you know, we, you know, the world has very little chance of being saved as it is. But without you guys, there's there's no shot. So oh, you know, thanks. don't shortchange. We need yeah. the music appreciators of the world. I mean, first off, don't shortchange yourself on your your talent in and of itself. Be because I'm in no position to comment on it at this particular moment, I'll just grab the common denominator of, you know, the, the quality music appreciate. I don't even use the P word. I kind of dodge it like the plague. Do Although you? I understand Stephen Wilson himself has now finally kind of come to accept it in recent years, you know, whatever you call it, you call it. So I'll probably end up getting there at some point, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, this gets into my whole like doctoral thesis thing, which people are so sick of me you know, kind of, you know, ranting on and on about, and I can go on for, for hours about this stuff. But yeah, it's basically like, you know, the all the music that I just view as, I know it's a subjective term, quality, but quality music, you know, music that, you know, combines heart and brains, the best of both worlds, mm -hmm. and gives gives forward progress a little shove while we're at it. Um, this kind of music itself all, again, I wasn't familiar with the P word, and then all this kind of music, I realize as an after after the fact thing, I realize, oh man, all this music got relegated to this, you know, desert island called Prague, and and where I just view that as quality music in and of itself. That's all it is. But 
it's like people rounded up, you know, all the music that's called quality music, and then they they went ahead and banished it so they could clear the way for all the crap that comes <laughs> yeah. along. And it's got you know, like at the, three or four different notes, you know, oh, wow, you know, and there's like a, yeah, you know, I mean, it's at the, the risk same of music like over a, and over and over, you know, it, it is. It's so, all tricks, studio crap, you know, uh, with all this auto tune crap, and oh, uh, yeah, I can't stand yeah. it. Yeah. So I try to I try to strike I appreciate it. I try to strike a balance by not sounding like too snooty about it, you know, because we have to kind of toe a fine line and and you know and and not fall into the very things that people love to to banish us for. But yeah, just you know, like uh, I, I don't get it, you know, Beethoven and and Wagner and and you know, I mean, within classical, there's its own, you know, uh, you know, sibling spat that everyone has over there. But you know, from from my side of things, classical music in and of itself never never really gets a bad rap. It always, you know, Beethoven, you know, like an album that came out five years ago is considered so old, you know, but Beethoven 300 years ago, he gets a pass. You know, no yeah. one ever said, oh, that music's so old. So right. again, not to be pretentious about it, but I mean, good music is good music, if I if I may. The vinyl may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Radio lives on forever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to meet my muse. Progressive rock! Buckle your mind, because it's about to get blown. The next song I would like to share with you is called It Happens. It comes from the first self-titled Roush album in 
just get it right Always hit or miss and misses winning the fight Is it all my fault or is it my fate? Doesn't matter at all because it's not too late It's never too late This is how you want it, that's how it will be Some patience, you will win control. Learning how to let go.
Again, that was It Happens from the first Roush album. Before moving on to some more of my interview with Doug Roush, let's hear one more from book two. This is Good Day. Tell me where to place my hate. Tell me where to find my mate. Tell me that I got it made. Tell me that it's not too late. day from the second Roush album called Book Two. Now here's more of my chat with Doug Roush himself. Your education, you were, uh, you, you followed it through pretty far, didn't you? 
Oh yeah, I love these interviews. It's like the whole interview is me answering one question, and that's that's my fault. But yeah, I <laughs> no, um, no no this is good. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I ended up having my epiphany at age twelve and a half. That's where we left off, and I I crash coursed myself uh, in classical training uh, really hard. I mean, I had no life as a teenager voluntarily. I'll say because mm-hmm. whenever people wanted to go out and hang out, I I no matter what there was to do. Playing piano was always was always better. It was always what I wanted to do instead. You know, I would, it's it's bizarre. I mean, like I wouldn't practice at all from age eight to twelve, and then my whole teenage years, it's like there's nothing I wanted to do more. Like, hey, Doug, come out. It's a nice day. And I'll like Billy Joel says about Beethoven. I'll screw a nice day. I'm just gonna practice. And so that's what yeah. I did, really hardcore. And and then I found, you know, of course, like the cliche thing to say, but it's true, is, you know, Beethoven was the rock star of his day, although I actually right. really resonated right. with Franz Liszt. He's my classical guy. Okay. But um, I got into some of this stuff really hardcore uh, in my teenage years and just practiced my ass off and caught up, you know, just enough to get, uh, you know, by the skin of my teeth accepted into a very high-level music school. I always say it's not the Juilliard, Curtis, Eastman, Oberlin's of the world, but I never wanted to be a touring, cla- touring classical performing pianist. That wasn't my thing. So Ithaca College School of Music was the perfect calling, uh, you know, and it, it challenged the hell out of me. I just got into it, you know, so I'm always challenging myself and 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 learning and bettering myself as opposed to you know, falling into a thing where I was just going through the motions and not really benefiting. So, uh, you know, my piano teacher saved my life, Haris Demaris, amazing Greek individual, one of my greatest friends to this day. Cool. And, uh, you know, I could talk forever about that. But those four years really, really molded me and, and reaffirmed, I'll say, my position to be doing what I felt I was meant to be doing, you know, getting in a studio and experimenting like a mad scientist and, you know, in that laboratory of multi-tracking and just, you know, trying to create, you know, something, something new. But the word trying is you have to be careful with that word because I was never, ever really because as soon as you use the word, try, oh, you're, you're trying to do something, you're not a real artist then. So, again, back to your conduit thing, it was more that. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm also pushing myself to try to, you know, again, I'm being cliche here, but, you know, be be the best I can be. So that's that's your trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but yeah, that I mean, I had a, a lot of songs come out of um, come out of a period of when I was like 20, 21. I mean, I, I've written songs since I was 13 years old, but that was a very big batch of stuff that came out 2021. And then if you followed the bio at all. One of my big, quote-unquote, 10-minute epics that came out very early out of me. In fact, this goes back to ninth grade, a lot of it, is a song called Flow. And that eventually got Jordan Rudess of Dream Theater's attention. Yeah, I was just going to gonna talk I, about that. He found a demo of you, right? It was that yep, from school yep, yep. or whatever? Yeah. Yep, and then uh, I got an email inviting me to his. Uh, he's done a few of these now, but Key it was fest, the very yeah. first Key Fest. Cool. If you if you knew about that, this was in yeah. 2004. I talked to Jordan last year. Uh, okay. So he was getting ready. Whenever I talked to him, he was getting ready to do another Key Fest. But yeah. Yep. Yep. So I was I was the guinea pig. I was one of the first people amongst. There were some other people that were chosen as well. There was a group of us, but I was very very fortunate to be in that in that elite group. You know. Yeah. So I remember going up on stage and and Dream Theater. You know, eventually I graduated because I feel this is my super long thesis and this is so controversial but I feel like User Illusion 2 was the very last you know whatever you think about Guns N' Roses but it was the last thing that had endless budget devoted to a commercial 
thing, mainstream or whatever, where there was a little bit of adventurousness and ex- experimenting going on, these long songs, wh- whatever you think of them, but songs like Estranged uh, and, and other really big songs on that. That was a really big thing for me as a, as a kid. Again, I was born in the, the Nirvana generation, so I, I mm-hmm. continued to be listening to the wrong music, uh, so to speak. But after that record, after that that thing you know, happened in the early 90s, um, I was scrambling to look for, again, I'll use the, the word quality, it's such a subjective thing, but quality music. And fortunately, I was able to find it in Dream Theater. So my sort of flow of things was after, you know, after the trend, this is such a controversial thing, but, you know, it's true. The, we all know the trend, the trend in 90s music, uh, with exceptions, was mostly to play your instrument shittily. So it was like a <laughs> one-to-one ratio. The more shitty you played your instrument, the more popular and successful you were. <laughs> this is fact. Anyway, I don't mean to tangent. I get really, really hot on the subject and everyone gets mad at me. But um, I found Dream Theater. And I found them a little late. I'm, I'm like I'm like the the late bloomer is what I am, I guess. But that's been my my thing of my life. But um, Metropolis Two album hit me like a ton of bricks, as it did with many people. The yeah. Scenes from Memory album, and that was like the new thing to come along to save me at the right time. And so um, it wasn't a matter of like, for example, I wasn't really into Yes or Genesis, like I said, almost at all. So it was like you know, if Tony Banks called me up and say, Hey, I want you to come. Play play for me it's an honor but in a different way but it's really cool when a band that also happens to really resonate with you particularly well calls you up and Mm -hmm. brings you out so i was i'm just giving you that framework to to basically articulate like i was really really hot and huge on on dream theater's music at this time so it was a a situation of like a personal hero kind of a thing you know bringing me into his thing and so i just remember getting on stage on the steinway there and just um noodling around for a sound check and i was playing spirit carries on because that you know that 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 became like the back of my hand song you know like i was talking about those aerosmith songs you know from 1999 when that thing first came out you know spirit carries on was always what i sit down and just comes out to this day actually when i sit down Mm -hmm. at a band rehearsal it's just like my thing that i do and i remember him like (laughs) a little smile came on his face like oh i approve (laughs) (laughs) so i started the spirit carries on then i went into my own song the flow song and it was just it was a really cool experience, and he actually just gave a, a, a Roush shout-out not that long ago. He's like, oh, my keyboard friend. So uh, Jordan and I are peripherally, you know, whether it's closely or from a distance, but we're always very, you know, I, I'm very proud to say mutually. Imagine that, but mutually respectful of one another. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are we talking about? Like, God, 13, 14 years ago at this point. So. You know, it's it's nice to have people respect you in the business. It's a quality over quantity thing, as I'm sure everyone you talks you talk to talks about. You know, in this current state of the music business and trying to, um, there's that word trying again. But you know, really, really do something meaningful. And again, that's the reason I'm really, really careful with that p word because if you really limit yourself. Um, you know, to that P word, it's like, you know, you shot yourself in the foot before you get out of the door. And I've been really trying to do something, something again, at the, at the risk of sounding pompous, but I'm trying to do something meaningful here. So I'm um, trying to bring everyone along for the ride and to open, open their minds and, you know, which is great. I mean, the, the least likely of suspects of people that might appreciate what I do, the quote unquote kind of music that I do, you know, they come out of the woodwork and that's the best compliment you can get. And, and it, it's great when I get it, you know, fairly frequently, you know, oh, I never listened to this, you know, quote, quote, unquote, 
kind of music usually, but, (laughs) you know, and then there's something about, you know, what I do that, that, that's, that, that, that works, you know, and they get it. So that's the goal. And now we're just looking to, as I like to say, you know, multiply this audience times 5 million and then the world can be saved. Hope that wasn't too pompous. (laughs) So, uh, sorry, but my show is Prague Watch. But you know what? On my show, anything <laughs> I, I say that's music. Prague is Prague. But I love the music. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've Again, flown in some just... different things here and there, and it's like, guess yeah. what? My show, I'll play what I want. <laughs> you know? It's all good. I, I, but I love, it's all good. Yeah, you know, we're all I friends. Just I love all the music that is called yeah. Prague. So, I'm just talking about my own personal struggle, but it yeah. is the music that I love. So, I'm oh, not no, in it's, denial it's too, tough too much. To, uh, you know, to get it pigeonholed, you know, like like what we were talking before, it's, you know, oh, it's too weird for for people who like commercial music and, and it's too commercial for people who want more, you know, extended keyboard extravaganza. Yeah. You know, like, you know I, I was talking to the guy, uh, Robert Barry, who did that 3.2 project. He was in three with Keith Emerson back in the day. And he uh-huh. said that why three originally disbanded was because the prog audience they didn't like it they were they they would not accept that three was trying to be a little more on the commercial side right you know, right they wanted you know targus or whatever you know and uh, but just look know. at what yes did you know or or kansas but i mean mm. yes is on the hugest yeah, scale yeah. i mean when they flipped in the early 80s so i mean you can point at a lot of bands yeah that kind of had that situation you know and there's uh, you know you can have your own opinion as to how you feel about it well, i but, never fault know. anybody for trying to make a living and stay current you know and stay there you go. You know. well yeah. and it's ultimately you know what though it's ultimately to to push the good quality stuff forward so i never like to assign the word sellout to any of these noble noble you know people who are waging their own campaign i mean in my in my perfect world the perfect record you know Go, always going back to Queen, you know, has that kind of diversity. So even if you have your quote unquote more radio minded things like like we did for this new album book too, what a great segue. We did yeah. two two singles with David Ivory, the Philly well known Philly producer who's done the Roots and Hailstorm. We did two quote unquote get in get out you know commercial kind of things, Good Day and Swan Song, not to force them or to try to sell out. These are songs that came to me at two thirty a.m. just like the others did it just happens to be on the you know extreme end of the spectrum of 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 roush but they're still roush yep um it's still all part of that spectrum so i still believe again like that perfect queen album or whatever you know you have your more commercial kind of things if you happen to fall that way which i do for better or for worse but you still have it's all a means to an end to push you know the 10 minute epics so i mean there will never not be a 10 minute epic to be had you know so it's all about having your cake eating it too yeah great hopefully you can do that before we take a little break to keep the lights on and the computers humming at prog watch studios and all of my affiliates let's do one more song this is minimalism from the first roush album in 2009 
This is Doug Rausch of Rausch, and you're listening to Prog Watch. Before the break, we heard a song called Minimalism, which comes from the first eponymous Rausch album released in 2009. Now, from the same album, I'd like to play the first part of a suite of songs which actually spans the two Rausch albums. 
That is, part one is on the first album, and part two is on book two. Anyway, here's Slow Sweet, part one, called Gray. Notice the inflection indicating a question mark after that word. Tonight in bed I feel it's all been done before The barren trees are gone, there's new ones at the door Plant them, give them sunlight and then they'll grow Into familiar entities just like the ones you used to know Start the pattern over when they spit on you Lack of life, absorb events that are the same Time Inaccessible Catastrophe of mind comes at a price but you can do it work hard save up roll the dice although we feel we know the deal we need to know we'll never know straight through until the end we can't be sure how things might Strings of choice Would you like 
them to heal voice. Slow Sweet Part 1 Gray by the band Rausch from the first self-titled album. Now let's listen to the final segment of my interview with Doug Rausch. I, I did want to ask you about one thing, though, here. Um, I noticed there was a big lull between the first album and book two. Um, what was it, eight or nine years or something? That's a very long conversation oh, beyond it? the scope of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the, um, Murphy's Law is my best friend. Uh, everything that can, you know, can go wrong did go wrong, in, go wrong in every way. We we hinted at some of the things in the bio. There's some things that at, at this point I'm not all that fantastic about getting into, you know, okay. on a personal level, That's some fine. various yep. things. But, you know, lineup changes, just the curse of, you know, like, like of other band. bands that have had, yeah. yeah. It's just everything. So again, there, one of the real reasons I don't like talking about harping on it too much too is then it also turns into this, you know, it, it gets misperceived as this kind of whiny, you know, kind of like uh, me, me, me thing. And it's really not like you just said, a lot of artists go through it. I just, I, it's true. I happen to get hit with, you know, everything just about. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, thank God, I didn't do the Def Leppard thing and lose an arm. I mean, that would have been, you know, that's all I needed. <laughs> but everything else, they could have gone wrong. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, for what it's worth, and I'm pretty forward spoken about this, I mean, you know, from, uh, you know, from pretty much immediately after finishing that first album, which also took way too long. It's just very few people know that because there's nothing to compare it back to. Um, I was working very diligently on this new record. So it wasn't, you know, like you think, because I read a lot of liner notes to a lot of, lately I've been looking at all these liner notes, paying, paying more attention to recording dates because of this very question you're asking me. And yeah. it's always so interesting to me, like, you know, these big records that we love that they sounded like they must have taken years and years and years. Sometimes right. it's true that they did, but other times it's like, oh, a week. Yeah. you know, <laughs> it was well, all done well, in a week. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, recorded, for example, there was one porcupine tree or something I was recorded, for example, June, July, August, September, even in a four month shot. I'm like, wow, how did you do this amazing right. body of work in a four month and that's not really true because then you go back and do vocals and overdubs. So that's only, you know, that's only a, a quick s synopsis of what's going on. But I mean, yeah, uh, I, you know, all along I was working on the record in, in varying degrees. So it's not a matter of, oh, you know, that's what it was. Like he waited eight years and then went in and did a thing in four months. It's not that at all. You know, I was working diligently, you know, really on every sounds crazy to some people to think that, you know, over six years really six years by the way um you know two years was spent really promoting and trying okay. to get up and running from that first record i would say from if you're going to fault me and, and accuse you want to point at 2012 no not you i'm just saying hypothetically you know if people, if people i just noticed people the gap <laughs> i'm going to say it was a six-year thing of just you know busting myself and doing everything i could every day every hour and uh you know, and then like I said, Murphy's Law just you know showed up and and it it wouldn't it wouldn't leave. Kind of set up camp here for yeah. a good six years, but we did it. We got it out, and uh, onward and upward. You know, the goal now is to not have it take another eight years for the next one. You know, I'm, that's that's what I'm trying to deal with now is, is yeah. trying to keep it going. So, got a stable lineup now. 
Yeah, so I mean, uh, I guess uh, everybody's aware that the, the 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 other dude that came along and saved my life was uh, from a lot of people in this uh, that are listening. You know, they know the the band name Shadow Gallery, and they're probably very familiar with the name sure. Gary Workamp. And uh, man, that guy talk about what do they say, brother from another mother, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, talk about musical soulmate. It's just you know he's in a little little band called Shadow Gallery. So <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> or yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure you do. So you know, instead of uh, you know touring touring the world with him, you know, it's it's taken. We're working on trying to get more of an active, you know, bread and butter kind of a live lineup to be able to transition this into live mode and be able to to play a little more actively. But um, that's what that holdup is all about. If anyone you know wants to know, I get asked about that from time to time as well. It really has to do with transitioning from the studio mode uh, into a lineup that can 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 act uh, uh can can well represent accurately yeah. represent um you know live and studio are two different things so we're not looking to 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 sound like the record exactly but still just for it to be the representation that it should be you know that takes a little time as well so sure. um you know but working our butts off i promise <laughs> i could never understand how led zeppelin you know page would go in and record like 20 guitars and then they'd come out and he'd play just himself you know try, yep. <laughs> covering all yep. these guitars it's like come on you know there's a lot more to that and as a as a fan you know i never really dug live zeppelin because mm -hmm. i didn't think it was faithful enough to you know i liked hearing all the, those different guitar things that were going on you know that's what that's part of what made it cool to me and i guess it, you know i'm only seeing a recording of it maybe if i was in the crowd and you know i mean i did see page and plant eventually you know later on but you know when you go back and watch some of the the live stuff it's just like really you did well, here's a question you did 20 you. overdubs you know and, and if i could come out and play it on you a for a second all right right on your point that you're on right now did have you ever had the chance to actually see queen live yourself and if so what was no. your no i never you was know, able to you got a million tracks going on there and True. brian was the only guy to do it i'm really curious but from people that i know that have seen queen live i've heard nothing but good reports so i, mean, I think i've seen recordings you know i yeah i mean obviously mm -hmm. you know there's film, I, you know, or whatever videotape. I think there is a way to 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 do justice and and fairly fairly is a good word represent, you know, twenty because you know you're all, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you have harmonizers yeah. and things, but the yeah. big controversy today, which I'm sure you probably get into with other artists, is is going to tracks and do you do it? And if you do it, how much do you do it? And how much is tasteful? And how much is copping out? And yeah. how much is fair? You know, this is a huge controversy now, and it's really accepted because just about everybody does it i'm probably one of the last holdouts and it's probably why uh you're not seeing more i mean the goal is to get there but at the exact moment um why i'm not farther saturated in in the live uh arena because i could just go to tracks and be much more mobile and and just get out there and do it that way i've been a little bit of a holdout it's been a big controversial thing amongst the guys yeah. I work with, and I don't, I don't know. If you were to ask me how I felt about that, I, I continue to be on the fence because I see both sides of it. Again, yeah. my head always sees all sides, so um, I don't know. I think, I think there's certain things you can do that are fair and, and tasteful because you just flat out, you know, you know, if you don't have the budget to have a full live, you know, 300 piece orchestra, right? Right. <laughs> well, then what are you going to do? So it's okay, but 
I don't know. My thing is just to get up on stage, for example, as one or two people, and then to have you know all the drums be sequenced and all the right. guitar. I don't. I don't. Right, you know right, that leaves yeah. an off-putting taste in my mouth too. So I'm still but, trying but, to find my know, way. Let's just say, talk about a band like the Who, maybe. You know, mm-hmm. four guys. All right, they would augment with a keyboard player. But you know, if they wanted to come out and and uh, have uh, some of the sequence stuff, you know, be on tape or whatever. Well, whatever. You know, I mean, what's you know, I can see where to a certain point. You know, if it's like sequence or things or, you know, uh, something along those lines and you're still performing most of the music live, then I don't, I personally wouldn't have, I, I don't have a problem with it, you know, and I yeah. don't think a lot of people would, but I guess, you know, if two guys come out and suddenly you're hearing an orchestra, you know, that's a bit of a different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it comes down to what is the music that you do and you know it's a very case specific kind of answer. So yeah. we're trying to find our way with that, you know, with with exactly what 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 the music is that we make and especially the music that I do, you know, if you, if you've had a chance to kind of sit with it. You know, yeah, again, I, I believe bit, in the man. I believe in the diversity. So every song is kind of its own island. I mean, the good news is it all has its Roush stamp. So when you go forest from trees, it all makes sense cuz it's a journey and all the songs kind of are the, you know, cumulative some of its parts in the end but at the same time stylistically you know because i don't believe in in just you know ad nauseum cookie cuttering the songs out and and just making you know whatever song part five so it sounds the same so you know every right. song is kind of there for, to represent its own kind of thing you know with a purpose that that helps present additional challenges to life because you've got so many <laughs> stylistical points and instrumentation points to consider you know each song is like its own conversation when you talk about how to address it live so it's a it's a big undertaking to to sort of shift the whole thing over not making excuses but again it kind of is what it is on that yeah and i mean it costs a lot of money <laughs> And it costs money. Yep, that's a something lot a lot of people don't realize. Yep. Yeah, the audience, the audience just kind of receives the experience and and never has any clue, you know, that you know the band they're seeing on stage barely made it that night. Like you know, you're seeing a, a minor miracle where they say you're seeing a unicorn or a leprechaun or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> just the fact that the band's in front of you at all, you know, people have no idea what goes into it. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, we'll get there. All right, now let's finish things up with the aforementioned slow suite part two called Isolation, from this year's Rausch album, Book Two. But even if you do 
That's how I gotta be I gotta say me
Once again, that was Slow Sweet Part 2, Isolation, from Roush's Book 2 album. So I hope you enjoyed this little feature on the band Roush and main man Doug Roush. I'd like to thank Doug for being on the program. I'm sure we will be hearing much more great music from Doug in the future. If you like what you heard, I will have links for you when I post this show to my website, progwatch.com. That's P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H dot com. Follow those links to find more about Roush and to purchase the music. While on the topic of progwatch.com, don't forget that it is a useful resource for you, the progressive rock fan. There you can listen to the show or subscribe, investigate artist links as just mentioned, and find my social media links and email if you want to follow or get in touch. At the top of the homepage, there is also a support the show link which will take you to my Patreon page if you want to make a contribution. I do invest quite a lot of time, effort, and even money in this program, so any support is greatly appreciated. In the weeks ahead, look for interview programs with Oliver Rusing of Caribou and Guy Manning of his own band, The Manic, and United Progressive Fraternity, to name just a few. There will also be some good old variety programs, and our friend and resident reviewer Dr. Rob Fisher will be checking in. Thanks for coming along for the ride once again. Until next time, prog on, my brothers and sisters.